<laughs> Welcome to Scream Tones, a webcomic podcast. Today we are talking about villains and how to make an effective villain in your story. So stick around! <laughs> such a good opening too i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) okay hello and welcome to scream tones where we talk anything and everything webcomics today we're going to be talking about villains and all the fun stuff that goes along with it i'm crispy i use she they pronouns and i make ghost junk sickness hello i am renny i use she they pronouns as well and i make the webcomic cape blast Hello, I am Ray, and I make the webcomic Overlord of Ravenfell and on Empyrean High. Hi, my name is Claire. I go by she, her pronouns, and I make the webcomic Phantom Marine. Today, we are joined by a new speaker, Finn. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your work? Uh, Yeah, hi, I'm uh, Phineas. Uh, At the moment, I go by they, them pronouns, and... Together with my husband, I create the webcomic Heirs of the Veil, which is about an experienced witch who arrives in a spooky town to look for her mother who vanished under some peculiar circumstances a year prior. And uh, while trying to put together clues about that disappearance, she runs into a mystery that is more difficult to solve than she had expected um on the screen tones podcast i'm uh, a speaker and now i'm also doing audio editing okay so today we're going to be talking about villains one of our favorite little little snacks as far as uh being a writer is concerned and i know that a lot of people out there are really into villains i myself uh included um so i did want to ask the whole group as we start um what what the heck is a villain what what is what's a villain i so a villain is a kind of antagonist that i personally consider kind of as a separate category um i i kind of treat antagonists and villains very differently where like antagonists usually interact with the with the plot very in a very specific way to move the characters forward um, and even have their own sympathetic motivations and things like that. Whereas I see a villain as they're there to wreck shop and have fun and make the, make the protagonist's <laughs> life a living hell. Um, so that's sort of how I see a villain. And that's where like, you see a lot of the typical Disney villains or the cartoonish evil villains um, pop up would be in that category of they're there to just, just just make things hard (laughs) it's great okay i would say a villain is often an antagonist but isn't necessarily there's like a couple of villains that are actually protagonists Mm -hmm. i just think it's a 
specific set of characteristics, often including evil and such. Um, but I would say, as far as an antagonist villain goes, they are pretty much, they can be sympathetic, but they are ultimately there to do their own goals and in direct opposition of pretty much what we would consider to be moral. So often they just go the opposite direction for the hero. So they often act as really nice foils because they're given different choices and um, in the complete opposite of what the hero would do. Uh, okay, so I agree with a lot of what Ray has said before. I think um, what I would also put into the villain is that the villain kind of helps the protagonist grow by challenging them and this can be like negative and positive growth. Mm. Um, I also think that villains as opposed to antagonists are also often amoral or evil and they also go against the moral system of the set world in their mm -hmm. perspective mm. stories, um, which personally I don't think that it's always, it, it doesn't always have to be evil, but um, they're kind of not only a foil to the protagonist, but maybe even the whole world that they act in as villains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Different value systems, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of yeah. like goes into like uh, a whole different like dis dissection of like villain types because there's a lot. The villain is a lot um, of that stuff. But before I derail, I definitely want to. I want to hear Clam's opinion. Oh yeah, Clam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with what everybody else said. Um, it's all yeah, perfect definition. I think for me, the thing that I think about most is there are some villains that they're not really having fun doing what they're doing. But the thing that makes a villain a villain for me is just that real sense of conviction. Like mm -hmm. they they want something. It's going to be in opposition to the hero more often than not. And they're going to get it. Like they might not be enjoying themselves along the way. They might just be like, this is my mission I am absolutely going to do this. And I think the thing that makes a makes the difference between an antagonist and a villain in that case is I think the degree of that. So mm -hmm. you've got an antagonist where it could be a similar situation, but I think it just gets amped up to 11 <laughs> with a villain yeah. where it's like I this is this is a very energized character where an antagonist might also have that similar energy, but it's like, I, I don't, I, you could see, I guess, some wavering there, or you could understand more of what they're going for versus a villain where it's like, okay, hold on, hold on, calm down. Whatever you're doing, <laughs> you need to think about this for a second. <laughs> I, I think that's so, so spot on though. Cause like there's, like so many different motivations. I think motivations is what's really important for villains. Um, Cause you have obviously have the cartoonishly evil ones that are, you know, just having a blast. But like, uh, I know in my comic, I have like what I 
put into like three kinds of villains and one kind of borderlines on anti- on protagonist and antagonist and blurs that line. Whereas the other two are ones there with very simple motivations uh, there to just get, get their jo- job done and play with their food a little bit before they eat it. Um, whereas the other one is um, more just looking at things from a, this is why, this is what needs to get done in order for me to like almost as if they're the hero of their own story. Um, that doesn't make them sympathetic in any way necessarily, or it doesn't necessarily have to, but I think like that's a, a very interesting mindset where does the villain consider, even consider themselves and that's, a villain? That's, that's a point uh, to bring up with the fact that we've been talking about antagonist and villain, and uh, they are not interchangeable. You can have a, a villain who is the protagonist, AKA a la, Megamind. Uh, <laughs> I won't leave that movie out. Um, <laughs> where the the main character Megamind is a villain and is the uh, protagonist of the entire film, uh, but it's the way and the the, the the way that the character is built to present themselves as a villain. They're against the hero that they go against. It it, it is a whole like archetype of of a character to be this villain. And I kind of have a similar thing where I always, I have two villains in my comic. One is, uh, I would say, a bit less understandable in terms of her villainy. The other one is very much like, you know, Disney villain. But it's an interesting thing where I think about him not as an antagonist, mm-hmm. he's still a villain, but he's he he is an antagonist to a certain point. But then things might shift around where it's like, maybe we're fighting for the same thing in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think one of the fun things about trying to classify villains is pulling out the old D&D alignment chart <laughs> and trying to categorize them. Like, what kind of villain are are they? So there's lawful evil neutral evil and chaotic evil now lawful evil they operate within the systems that are set in their society and it's not always morally right but it's often you know acceptable to the society with what they get away with Mm -hmm. then there's the neutral evil which is often the go in there and get it done for their own purposes there's no they don't consider the moralness of it and then there's chaotic evil which is the let's go in and have fun and just cause as much damage as possible (laughs) i did actually have a follow-up on that though um where how when you see that alignment chart Everyone just generally thinks like the evil bar at the bottom. Okay, that's all villains. But what happens when your villain kind of creeps up into that the, the neutral line? That's mm-hmm. probably when they become more of a sympathetic villain, I think. So what defines a sympathetic villain to y'all? For me, it's if they're if they could be the hero if they didn't have that line that they crossed essentially so they could be the he- a hero but they made a choice along the way to 
go way too far beyond what a lot a lot of people consider to be moral. I kind of again have to um, agree with Ray. I think um, the point that they could be the hero, but at some point cross the line, is a very strong one. Um, thinking about it, I also believe that. Um, a sympathetic villain often also has like this chance of getting redeemed. Mm -hmm. Like you feel that there might be a turning point where this villain might not be a villain anymore in the future. So because they're relatable uh, in, to, to some degree, um, yeah. <laughs> No, that's a really good point about the relatability, though. Uh, a mm. lot of, like, really good defined villains uh, kind of hinge on the believability to the audience when they have these, like, um, whole kind of spiels about themselves that they're going against the protagonist with or the hero or, or what have you. Um, what makes it believable as an audience that you do care for their plight, regardless of them being the bastard that they could be or somebody who has that uh, other side to them what what to you all uh, kind of makes them believable in that sense what makes a believable sympathetic villain I think for me if if the backstory if their whole history makes sense to me in terms of like this is this is obviously why you've turned out the way that you have like, mm -hmm. I can look at you and be like, yes, I can draw a line between A and B and C, and then, you know, all the way down the line to your eventual, you know, descent into villainy. Like, it all makes sense to me where I can kind of map it out. Um, I think being able to see that progression is all I need. I know that then I go into, okay, does this, does this make sense? Like, is this mm -hmm. something where... You know, if if this character had a little bit more moral conviction in one area or another, would they have avoided this? Like if mm -hmm. if this is a character that's been so down on their luck for their entire life and then, you know, another character would just be like, it's OK, everything's going to be fine because they're super positive. But then this one character is like, nope, nope, it's not OK. I hate this. And then, you know, wants to destroy the world. I get it. I know that mm -hmm. that's not good of them but i totally get it so it's it's something where there is often that dividing line where it comes down to i guess the character's baseline personality which determines whether or not they go down one path or another and i like i like sympathetic villains to a point i think there's some where it works better than others where i'm like mm -hmm. um you know i i totally get it i don't condone it but i get it um, there's some where I'm just like, this makes no sense. Like, there's a certain point where it yeah. seems like it went too far. And yeah. I think that comes down to writing problems as well. Sometimes it's it's not just the character. Sometimes people are just like, I, I want to make a villain. So I'm going to make this person have one bad day and then everything goes awry. And I think that <laughs> works in a lot of situations, but sometimes it's more successful than yeah. others. Yeah, there's like an easy line of like it becoming a little comical when your villain's uh, descent into villainy relies on them just having one bad day and everything just kind of keeps happening where they, I don't know, 
they get their coffee order wrong and then someone takes their change and then someone takes their favorite bus seat and they're just like, I've had it with the world. This That's is it. Came in the <laughs> been a villain all you along. ruined my croissant. <laughs> uh, I though like I like what Claire said there with um being able to draw a straight line between okay, I could see how you got there. And I think one way that like you can definitely do that and like sort of help you as a writer doing that um, is one of the things I did is I have uh, in my comic, two brothers, uh, Antlia and Pixis, where both of them went through the same traumatic event, but now from that have two very different tracks from where they went after that happened and how mm-hmm. that, Im- that event impacted them where you can definitely see, and it'll become even more and more apparent as the story goes on, where they start taking diverging paths. And you can play with mm-hmm. that as foils off of each other if you have another character that, like, you went through the same thing, but ended up somewhere different. Um, and that's something mm-hmm. that you can easily play with um, without necessarily having to show the entire backstory. Because I think one of the things that is a very tricky thing to play, especially in a comic, especially with web comics taking so long to make is taking that time to flesh out the entire traumatic event that happened to them. Um, Cause that can take a lot of time to do right. While there's other ways you can show the effects of an event um, while still moving the story forward in a way that makes sense to you and being able to finish the story within 10, 20, years or however long it takes to make yeah. comics. I think that's the advantage of having uh, the, the the type of character that is a villain though is that you know you have an antagonist uh, which I said before is not interchangeable with the word villain so you can have somebody who is uh, like I said the antagonist and you can have them have you know these these pasts explained and 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 their 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 choices kind of mapped out for the character or the sorry the reader to to understand and and I guess the characters too to be like okay so now this is making sense the story is making sense has progressed but with villains you don't necessarily have to have that either because there's so many different types of them too you can have a cartoonishly evil villain that just wants to cause chaos just because and that's okay but it is always in the way that you do it that makes it interesting and effective uh for the readers to give a heck about um who they are uh and i think like the key about that is that they have to be entertaining i think that if you want a villain that stands out that is memorable there has to be that that edge or or that that facet that is entertaining for the reader to to remember uh i guess their performance in all of it i do agree that villains need to be entertaining my favorite combination is probably you know the i will cause problems on purpose but also be really really incompetent (laughs) at it Mm. i mean that's how that's how rosin came about because he wants to be a villain but he really sucks at it. <laughs> Although I do have a few other like villains in there, in there mainly one being Ravenfell itself, mm-hmm. and then of course there's the one that's technically a hero, but he acts like a villain 
which he falls kind of into the lawful evil category, I suppose. But overall, I just like enjoying villains as long as they're really fun to watch. <laughs> so that's a good point, though, is like bringing up the villains that you have in your story, one being a protagonist with, with Rosin. Um, since we're all here being creators and webcomics, I wanted to know a little bit more about why you chose the villains that you did writing your story. Um, yeah, that's that's a very good question. Um, personally, um, the character was not even a villain in the first place. Oh. Uh, she basically developed in that role while we developed the story. We, we noticed... Um, that she kind of took up a more antagonistic role and kind of inspired by villains in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We made her a little bit more over the top. So she became more of a villain, actually. But I think um, in that case, as a character, she would not really consider herself a villain. She would rather consider herself the protagonist of her own story. Mm. Mm. And uh, same with you, uh, Claire. Oh, gosh. I I do surprise people by saying that I did not originally have any villains in Phantom Marine. Um, <laughs> and people say, like, how, how could it possibly be that way? Um, I... I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> because I I love villains. I've always loved villains, so it makes a perfect it makes perfect sense for me to have one at the very least one if not two. Um but I it came about uh cuz I was asking questions about the world. And I was like, how did the world get the way that it is? And from those questions I realized there's there's a single entity that caused this or maybe two once I got a little bit further into the story and I realized like this is a good opportunity for me to have a force of nature I guess that can oppose almost everybody in a very interesting way because my villain is an ocean god as well as a death god so that kind of applies to everybody in a world that's you know islands and <laughs> and there's a lot of ghosts in the water so it, it's kind of like an all-encompassing like this character cannot be avoided and this character mm -hmm. caused everything but here's an interesting opportunity for you know a character that might be sympathetic in some way might be tragic in some way might also be just really interesting because i i was just hooked on this idea it's you know everybody talks about web comics like what's the one thing that made you decide to put years and years into a web comic and for me it was when i thought of a villain i was just like okay i have to do this i absolutely must and i know that it's a different hook for everybody but for me it was just something where i found something that you know cheth encompasses the whole world and the whole feeling of the world and his story is the story of this comic. Like, as much as the other characters have a part to play, like, he's he's not a protagonist in a traditional sense, but he is fighting for something that he wants. And, I, you know, it's, it's a mild spoiler, but he wants his freedom. He's banished. And he's going to raise hell to get what he wants. And I like... I, I like the idea of, you know, 
a villain that is not necessarily like somebody that's going to be redeemed, but just you might understand things from his perspective past yeah. a certain point. Like multifaceted. Yeah, very much way. so. Literally, oh, in I my like, case. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> and uh, Rennie, you were talking about earlier with uh, your villains having uh, them kind of come from Sarda the same Sarda. Sort of. <laughs> Renny, you were talking about your villains kind of coming from the same... Oh my god! You're fine! (laughs) What's happening? Oh Oh my god. Renny, just talk about your cats. (laughs) Leave all of this in, please. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh. You know, I... um... When I was a pro, I've I've always been a huge fan of villains. Like my my favorite characters in everything. My favorite captain in Star Trek is Q. For for Christ's sake. Um, <laughs> uh, so like I I've adored villains from day one. So like writing a story around like the villains probably came first in the plot when developing the story of Kate Blast. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, and then it was more, okay, I have these characters and they have to interact with this thing that happened or this thing that these villains are after. Um, so the villains' motivations really impacted the story first. And then it's, okay, now the protagonists are in this, how are they proceeding? But for me, in motivating for the origins of my village and, and what where they came from, they kind of come from two different categories, right? I have the one that's the like Claire said, the force of nature. And then the others are, I wanted to, I've always struggled with a lot of like writing more personal stuff where I always want to, but autobio never really did it for me. So I really like putting like the personal stuff that I want to talk about onto characters in my story and use that as a mechanism for telling those things. So while Xentha is that cartoonish evil Disney villain, Antlia kind of acts as that mechanism to talk about the things that I wanted to talk about personally. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and sort of the, the Republic of that he belongs to. Um, and that also trickles into the relationship with Pixis and therefore the relationship with the main protagonists. Um, but that's sort of where the dividing line is for me is I want to have someone that's super fun where I can just lean in and go hog wild with. And then I want someone where I can be another villain that I can go, okay, now I'm going to talk about things. Mm-hmm. I always uh, think about it personally. Like there are times where I, I feel like holding back. I, I don't do it as much anymore, but I felt like holding back on certain things or certain moments with uh, Cheth in particular, but I was just like, nope, nope. I want to do this. And I imagine myself like opening a hatch. It's just like, all right, release the waters from the dam. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes. And it becomes release so much more fun that way. Yes. <laughs> I, I think there's, there's something to be said for a subdued villain being very intimidating as well. But if you want to have fun with it, just have fun with it. My mm-hmm. goodness. Mm-hmm. No, I I 100% agree. I think it's just that that uh, entertaining factor that also is for the writer too to kind of have fun when you're doing this. Like you know, I mean, it's your chance. The villain is kind of 
an opportunity to to have fun. So I mean, why why not? Talk about your villains, Crispy. Oh, uh, okay, I guess. Um, so as far as villains in my story, Ghost Drunk Sickness, uh, it's a little bit of a tricky uh, path because uh, Ghost Junk <laughs> is currently, um, we've completed uh, drawing the 1000th page, which is crazy. Uh, so it's long. <laughs> and uh, being a slow burn comic that it is, uh, takes us longer to kind of develop some of these characters. Uh, I really admire uh, stories that have like the characters kind of just, or sorry, the villains uh, kind of drop right off front and center. Uh, I think Finn in uh, Heirs of the Veil, Chapter 2, is where uh, we have Dahl appear. And that's it's it's nice and, and quick and it establishes stuff and it gets your readers really involved. Uh, Claire with Phantom Marine has uh, Chef uh, appear, page one. <laughs> there he is. And uh, with Ray and Ravenfell, uh, we have uh, the main character as as the villain in uh in their story uh but as far as ghost chunk is concerned um the beginning of it is very more character driven the characters are the antagonists themselves i guess uh with how they struggle with each other and as it goes further along uh it's revealed that there is more of a overarching plot and we finally reveal our villain it took us five years <laughs> to <laughs> reveal them um, i could not have waited that long <laughs> my god oh my god but you know it's it's funny talking about webcomic time with such a long run project because it is if you say that you're going to be a webcomic you're going to be spending five to ten years making this this is just mm-hmm. this is the reality of what it is um but when we knew writing the story uh that that was going to happen. It was just like, okay, you know, you had to kind of satiate yourself with, uh, I guess, treats as a creator to, to draw them off screen or to actually put a lot of foreshadowing in to make the reveal all that much more exciting and rereadability. Uh, ghost junk sickness does have, uh, a villain, which is the ghost that does appear in chapter, <laughs> uh, chapter seven. I'm so sorry, readers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but another villain, uh, the medium gets introduced uh, in chapter later than that. Uh, <laughs> 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 and um, I, I will definitely say that the reveal is definitely worth the wait. Five years is a horribly long time, but honestly, when that happened, that was very rewarding as a creator to really mess with the readers. <laughs> I'll say it's it's probably my favorite page of the whole comic. Oh, and I oh. am I am biased, but I <laughs> I do absolutely love it. When it first dropped, because I I had just caught up, and I was just like, oh oh, I've caught up at a good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think like uh, unfortunately, yes, web comic time is a very long time, but also we an episode on that. I know we should, we should a hundred percent. But uh, thinking about that uh, with the way that the medium was revealed comes with the fact that, you know, it's a very entertaining way and it's something that's going to be memorable for the the audience as well. Um, So that's something to keep in mind when you do have your villains to kind of make a splash looking at you, chef, chef, (laughs) chef. I said, chef, chef. (laughs) (laughs) Chef. Seth and Bethany. (laughs) 
Here's looking at you, Chethany. <laughs> but yeah, it's it it was it was hard to to get there, but um it's 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 fun and we have multiple villains um in our comic as well so again that that helps satisfy that kind of craving to work yourself up to the 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 awesome fun villain that you really want the the readers to enjoy so now i i think one question that i did want to ask is like villains are inherently like can be a lot of fun as a creator um what happens when you have too much fun and oops, they're they're super OP now. Uh, <laughs> like how how as creators do you suggest someone addresses something like that? Because <laughs> that's such a common problem that I see um, yeah. in lots of different media, not just web comics. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So hmm. for me. Rosin is very powerful, but he's also really bad at being powerful. <laughs> <laughs> he has no control. And the other villain I have, Ravenfell, is kind of constrained in his physical form, at least on that plane. To say any more would probably be spoilers, so I will stop there <laughs> <laughs> that's a mood um okay so i think this is actually this, this is something that um a lot of media struggles with mm-hmm. and i think uh one of the things you can do is actually like just have fun with your super overpowered villain um i don't actually have a webcomic example but i'm again thinking of jojo's bizarre adventure a lot of the villains there are very overpowered and then of course the protagonists get even more overpowered and it's just campy and fun and entertaining to watch um but i also think that um constraining the villain um having certain rules for the villain even if they are very powerful in universe is probably also a very good idea mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know that the a common thing that I hear a lot of people talk about is the concept of power creep. Um, I know that that's something, it happens more often, I guess, in like true shonen manga kind of situations where like you've got a villain that shows up, now you have to beat that villain and then the hero gets stronger and then, oh, another even stronger villain and then the hero gets stronger, et cetera, et cetera. So it kind of just becomes a constant upward trajectory and it's it's fueled by the op problem like it it creates character growth but it does become a bit predictable i guess mm-hmm. um some people love it i know for me it's it it's hit or miss but i i know that for me i think i i avoid it mostly by keeping it just to one or two villains but i know that with my villains i give them one big i guess i would call it a handicap each like, mm-hmm. Cheth can't go on land. Cheth is also invisible to a lot of people. Um, both, I, I won't go into too many spoilers, but both of my villains are incredibly depowered uh, due to cer- certain circumstances. So they are they start the story being basically shells of their former selves. 
and that automatically helps <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it i know that you know it is really cool to see like somebody in all of their glory but you can actually show that later and that could actually be really interesting to be like this is what they could have been like and you're dealing with them kind of like kind of like the shaggy thing where it's like i'm only at like one percent of my power (laughs) 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 you use that (laughs) i'm sorry i was just like oh i have to say this (laughs) i mean we are talking about villains <laughs> yeah, um, this is like a smaller side, but I think the power creep problem also comes in with like the problem of serialization of mm, manga. Yes. And yes. if a series is doing well, there is like this incentive to just keep going. And at some point, because it's often produced as like on a week to week basis, there's not really time to maybe. Oh no. Okay, I think the doc is done. I repeat. I'll leave that in. Got him. Um, yeah, but but I was what I was going to say. Um, because they are often written and produced on a week to week basis. They're um. Often there is no time to go into like complexity, so the easiest way to solve this is to throw in like an even stronger villain that the hero can then rise up to to defeat. I think, and we see this like in uh, over on our over in the U.S. and like at least with Marvel lately, with uh, with the whole Avengers thing with Endgame and infinity war and just like you see that as sort of the natural conclusion point of where power creep can go where it's like okay how could the stakes physically cannot get higher uh than they are right now um and then i think that sometimes when you get that that high of a power creep you can kind of break things where like okay the only way they can fix this is to break things. I'm not going to go into Infinity War or Endgame spoilers, oh, like but... like, retcon. Yeah, and, and like, yeah. and I, or, like, I I really, or, like, you see this in a bunch of stories where, like, okay, well, this is broken, well, let's just, let's just, let's just do time shenanigans to fix it. Mm-hmm. It's, like, mm-hmm. at that point, like, unless it's, like, a key part of the story, like, Back to the Future, time shenanigans make sense. Yeah. Um, if you have a time travel comic in general, it makes sense to have time shenanigans be a part of the solution. But mm-hmm. in other stories, it's like if your power creep has gotten to the point where the only way to fix it is, is that then, um, then you got some, then there's some serious issues that you, that you have to look at and address. And that's not to say that you still can't have time stuff play a, play a, a role, but it can't be the, the role yeah, um, I, I I definitely agree. I think it needs to be established uh, yes. in the in the world building. And one interesting thing that uh, Clam brought up was the fact that she said that she had the world, and then didn't have a villain. And then it was just like, oh well, if this world exists, I'm gonna need a, a character to kind of suit this role uh, as the villain or or or, or an antagonist or or whatever uh, the driving force against the characters that are going through it. And that's really interesting because 
with that tactic, you're already setting the rules of the world. And I think that like when creating a, a villain that has the potential to be like, oh, it's cosmic power, um, sort of like Genie from Aladdin, uh, they had a rule check. They had some kind of grounds that they were like, okay, this character is going to be unlimited in their power but there's still there's still going to be a drawback there's still going to be yeah. something that kind of grounds them so that as a reader you still have that believability that they're not just this forever growing powerful thing that's kind of hard to relate to yeah it's definitely helpful to have some way to nerf them uh or at least give them like if they're going to be extremely powerful Give them an ex- like an extremely obvious weakness, not necessarily an easy weakness to exploit, but one that's like, okay, like they are definitely as powerful, but they have they have an Achilles heel. Yeah, that, to a degree. To a I degree, think. but yeah. I think it's just really good to set up those worldly rules that you have mm-hmm. and uh, kind of work with it uh, that way. Um, as far as villains and superpower kind of thing is, is concerned. Yeah. Cause, uh, even talking about what happened with, uh, your example with Marvel. And then I'm thinking of Dragon Ball Z where, I mean, <laughs> it's literally just power creep, the, 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 the show slash comic. Um, <laughs> but they already established rules before where it's just like characters can die. They go to hell. They can come back um there's sensu beans that bring them back to full health so that they can literally keep beating the crap out of each other um so as a reader uh you're like okay what's next let's let's keep going stronger (laughs) they have those rules so (laughs) that's just where they're gonna go i think one subset of villain that really intrigues me in almost every case i see them in is the kind of villain that could absolutely obliterate everyone and everything with like a snap of the finger but doesn't and Mm. why don't they do that and you know could they have done it at some point and they just didn't or have they lost the ability i i have a soft spot for characters where you're just like oh gosh they could they could win this in a second but yeah. they don't because either they want to have fun or they want to give them a sporting chance. Like they're a chess master and they're just like, it's your move now. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll try. Yeah. I think that that's, that's a very interesting kind of villain for me. I agree. I, love those. I agree. Yeah. Like the Lord of Nightmares and Slayers. She just has is on a completely different plane of existence so her thought processes is completely different from what everyone is useful used to which is why she's described as pure chaos yeah though it's it's interesting though that a lot of the examples that we've all brought up here are like not really in web comics and Mm. one of the things that like thinking about web comics and villains is you don't actually see a whole lot of like the pure like disney villain or close to that in a lot of web comics yeah and like i wonder why that is yeah just like the villain role in itself you see a lot of antagonists because that's just natural in a story to have something uh some kind of tension with something getting the character not what they want or whatever depending but yeah you're right uh where are the villains where did they go I stole all of them. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, credits roll. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Claire has them all. <laughs> I feel like lately there's a lot less pure actual villains in a lot of media, not just web comics these days. Yes, so I agree. I, th- I think it's just might be going with the trends or p- current preferences of the times. No, I, I totally agree. Even seeing like some recent films, I'm just like, oh, this is fun, but uh, I don't I don't remember the the opposing force or, or whatever. It wasn't as entertaining as it could have been with that kind of classic insert. Um, yeah, so what I've been thinking is that when you look back a little bit, villains were often like part of morality tales. Mm-hmm. So you had to have a villain to present a certain moral or to have like um, an opposing force to a good value. And um, if you look even farther back, in most cases, it was often like just monsters. So you had something that was pure evil, but I think that um, our ideas and what we write and what we want to read has evolved to a degree where it's not this black and white anymore so it it's kind of getting harder to find like pure villains or villains that are just evil yeah yeah that actually yeah that's true like in the usa we had the Hayes code and the comics code where it was actually you couldn't have like LGBTQ characters without them being evil or anything, or else you just wouldn't have it to the masses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, an interesting subject because I don't think that there's just one answer for why there isn't as many villains in a lot of writing uh, as we are used to from before. Uh, but they're 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 definitely interesting points. Uh, bringing up with that and I don't know what what would be the solution to that how would people indulge that because I know everybody in here is a villain fan and I know a lot of villain stands in the ninja clan so I'm like where are my my villains go back to being completely camp have <laughs> the villain appear like Jareth in a explosion of glitter Yes. <laughs> or like a team rocket where it's like oh, yes. the they they show up, they're fun, they're funny, or they could actually be intimidating every so often like like the random sub boss in a video game that's just like mm-hmm. it's me again, I'm back. And you're just yeah. like, "Oh, okay." Like it 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 affects the story to a point, but you don't have to base the entire story around them. You can use them just for fun. Mm-hmm. And they can be really, really fun. So I I don't know. It, it makes me sad to not see so many, but I also understand if your story, if if you're writing a comic where the main conflict is more, you know, will these characters get together in the end? Or, you know, something is driving these friends apart. Or, you know, I want all of these characters to come together and form a found family. Like that, mm-hmm. that can be a bit more important than like, I'm going to stick a villain in here just because it, it <laughs> like you don't, you don't need one. But I think if, if you can look at your story and say, you know, ask yourself very candidly, would a villain help this? Would it hurt it? Would it kind of boost it in certain areas? You, you can choose different, I guess, 
subsets of villains yes and you can use them to drive the point home in you know in a variety of different ways and just be like can a villain make it more fun yeah Okay, adding to Claire's point, I was thinking of sometimes the lack of villains in webcomics is also just due to the limited time. Like, mm -hmm. as a creator, you have to choose your battles, basically, and you have to really carefully think about what is important for the story and what is important for the characters. And maybe if you're not that much into villains and you're much more into your protagonists you will probably put a larger focus on your protagonists and kind of not that much of a focus on a villain mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not every story obviously has to have one right. i mean like we said it's just there there is an absence now of your typical wahaha villain um there is obviously a lot of places for antagonists because, um, as I stated before, it's more of a plot device uh, than a character type as a villain is. But it's very interesting to think about. Yeah, it is. Like, I know like this could be a whole episode on its own, but like, I think one of the things that's very interesting is that like with webcomics being so online, mm -hmm. um, it makes me wonder if a lot of like sort of internet culture and like internet, like social media culture, as far as um, I know there's a big discourse. Uh, uh, it always shows up at least once a year on whether or not you writing a villain is endorsing their behavior. Mm -hmm. And I know that conversation comes <laughs> up enough that maybe it makes people shy away from it. And um, it's, it's such a complicated topic, but I think like, for me, like, I don't think writing a villain endorses it. It's it's definitely, like, depending on what you write with your villain, you have to tread carefully. But for other things, like, just, just lean in and have fun. Yeah. And, like, there's always going to be, like, some aspect of social media that doesn't like something, so... Yeah. Um, I mean, I have I have a villain cannibal in my story, and I am scared. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone loves cannibals. Right? <laughs> they just eat that shit up. Oh my god! <laughs> I think on that on that topic, it is very interesting when, as a writer, you're trying to convey. Like, this is not a character that you want to root for. Like, I'm not telling yes. you to like them. And yet the audience comes in and is like, I love them. And you're like, no, don't do that. Step away from the villain. <laughs> yeah, in, in that regard, I've also encountered situations where readers were disappointed in characters that were, in my opinion, obvious villains, but they kind of didn't put two and two together and uh, basically got met at the artist that uh, the villain in their story that is probably a little bit more morally gray turned out to actually be capable of villainous actions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I remember specifically uh, thinking about my cannibal uh, villain <laughs> that I mentioned before. Uh, I had some readers being disappointed that... Uh, this character wasn't going to be on the main cast anymore. And I'm like, he eats people and killed a character 
okay. <laughs> There's definitely a sense of you needing to distance yourself from some things, but that's <laughs> never I think, forget. I think ultimately, like you can you can put a character out there, but a lot of it comes down to the audience and just you kind of have to leave it up to them past oh, a certain God, point. Yeah. You can you you can kind of lead them in a certain direction. I know for me. I I have two villains. One is infinitely more sympathetic than the other, and the other one almost boosts that sympathy. Yes. And I I already know you know all the backstory and stuff, but I kind of use I use the other villain to you know make make the other one seem a little bit brighter in comparison. Still not still not perfect, but to the point where you're it is a little bit using a character as a device. But I am. I am consciously trying to tell the audience, like, this is, th these are the two that you had to choose from. Which would you have to pick if, you know, which would you pick if you absolutely had to? <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's definitely to say uh, on, on all of these points that it's 100% okay to have your favorite character as these villains too. Like, no shame in any of that if they're just a, you know, super villainous person. I mean, like, how many people in this world are obsessed with liking the joker as their main favorite character like right. you can't yeah so there's obviously compelling villains i mean like even before with my previous point about my character eating people i'm just like yeah there's also a whole entire show hannibal with he just eats everybody and it's great um, the rude yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like Maybe you know you're I, I mean I love villains. I think they're complex. They're they're they are multifaceted and they're a good um they're a good little character type to to throw a wrench in the plans and it, you know when you you land and nail a good one it it sticks. It's memorable. So uh anyway, that wraps it up for today. Thank you so much for listening. I've been your host Crispy and you can check out my work at ghostjunksickness.com. I'm Remy, and you can check out my work at capeblast.com. And I'm Ray, and you can check out my work on Webtoons. I'm Finn, and you can check out my work on uh, airsofthevale.fevercraft.de. And I'm Claire, and you can check out my work at www.phantomarine.com. Okay, let's evil laugh. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Screen Tones. Please subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at Screen Tones Cast. <laughs> <laughs>